0: We're up to episode number 40 of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. I appreciate you downloading the podcast and listening. Happy New Year. I'm recording this on New Year's Day. You're going to probably listen to this, I'm going to guess, sometime in the first few days of 2018. And anytime you write or say the year, you're going to get it wrong for the first couple of weeks of the year. And then we get into the whole, how long can you still say Happy New Year each other, I think probably by week number three, then you can no longer say Happy New Year. But what about Christmas lights? And what about your Christmas tree? We took ours down Christmas night because we left the next day to go to Florida. Uh, Our Christmas lights are still up. They'll probably be up for a while. Um, Not as big of a rush to take those down, but there are definitely people in our neighborhood that leave them up until mid-February, and you kind of just want to say, okay, if you don't feel like taking them down, at least turn them off. So they're still special because they're kind of like, I don't know, leftovers at that point. They were great at one point, and maybe they're good for a couple of days, but leftovers, you don't want them after three months. So I don't know. That's a whole other thing. Um, Speaking of which, let's segue neatly into what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. We talked about New Year's resolutions, I think, last week. And there's a really good blog on my DaveRyanShow.com blog page um, that talks about you know easy resolutions. And it's everything from, um, I think the one that's easiest for me to follow is drink more water. So I downloaded an app called Water Minder. And it's in the App Store. Uh, and it, it basically sends you a text message or a little reminder or a notification that says, hey, drink some water. Because I don't drink nearly enough water. And I think it's one of my problems with my belly and my kidneys and my liver or whatever is I don't drink enough water. So I've been drinking more water lately, a lot more water. So as a matter of fact, right now I have water in the form of tea in front of me because I think I've told you how much I love drinking tea in the wintertime because it's warm and it's... Healthier than pop or soda, and you can get decaffeinated kinds that are, you know, green or whatever. They don't have as much caffeine. So um, drink more water. Check out the blog on my blog page. Okay, so I wrote this book about. I, I finished writing the book about four years ago, and since then, I've looked at some of the chapters and I've thought nobody's asked me this, but I thought, are there any chapters that I would like to take back? And uh, honestly, there aren't any that I'm really embarrassed about, but there are a couple that I'm like, yeah, you know, (laughs) if I was going to do this book again, I would take out some of the chapters. I just went through the book a little while ago, and one that strikes me is that I kind of of would take it out is there's one. I'm going to find it for you really quick here. It is about your your kid and their hair, and basically it says, don't let your kid dye their hair blue, and... uh, And I really, the reason I wrote that, let me find it for you really quick here. It is number, no, that's not it, number 75 maybe? Um, The reason I wrote it was basically because, oh, here it is. What about that hair? I'll read it to you. If I see a kid with dyed pink or blue hair under the age of 18, I don't blame the kid. I blame the parent for letting the kid look stupid. But they want to find their identity, says the parent. Oh, I really? Oh, really, I say? How about they find an identity they can't acquire in 20 minutes over their bathroom sink? Maybe they've cho- they could choose straight A student or great soccer player as their identity. Then they'd have something that they could actually be proud of. But it's just hair, whines the parent of the kid. What's the big deal? Well, it's ugly for one. And two, if a parent is screwing up something as simple as their kid's hair, God only knows what else they're screwing up. You know, I read that, and I know where I was coming from in that one. I think that um, if you let your 13-year-old decide that they want to look like an idiot by dyeing their hair pink or blue or purple, um, I think that the kid is making a misguided effort to feel noticed or important or different. And I think that that might be a result of the kid never learning anything else to be proud of. And that is on the parent. Uh, If your kid has never learned, you know, hey, not all kids are athletic, not all kids are super smart, not all kids are brainy or musical, but I think every kid should learn something or do something they're proud of. And if they get to 13 or 11 or 14 and they haven't found it yet, you know, have them keep trying. Uh, When I was 14, I was way into magic. I loved building model airplanes. I had a ceiling full of model airplanes, and I was in band at school, and I was kind of proud of that. So I didn't feel the need to get a goofy haircut, nor would my mom and dad have, have let me ever get one. But I've softened my stance on that a little bit. Hey, you know what? If your kid is doing okay in other regards, and they want to dye their hair pink or blue or purple, you know what? Let them. They might in five years say, I'm glad I did it. Or they might in five years say, you know what, mom and dad, why did you let me do such a stupid thing? But I've softened my stance on that a little bit. And you know what? Anything I say in this book is really, it's just what I think. And it's, it's not necessarily always right or wrong, but most of it is right. Okay, moving on to number uh, 17. This chapter is Your Pet Is Not As Awesome As You Think. I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to talk about really quickly whether it still is something I feel that way about. And what do you think? I love pets. I've been the proud owner and somewhat conscientious owner of everything from a dog that holds records for shedding to a tortoise that no one warned me would grow to the size of a basketball. There isn't much for me to complain about with pets because I'm pretty tolerant of them. They're nicer than most people and are rarely asked to borrow money. I've never had a beagle call me from jail at two in the morning. I don't mind when someone's dog jumps up at me when I visit. I don't mind when their cat climbs onto my lap. I've been known to encourage dogs to hunt my leg by giving them suggestive looks and putting gravy in my cuffs. But not everyone is like me when it comes to pets. Lots of pet owners let their cute little Roddy, short for don't piss them off because they can surgically remove your face, jump all over you when you walk in the door. They'll say, oh, he likes you. I hope you don't mind. Well, of course you lie and say something about how it's awesome that he's clawing you up with scars that might never fade. I'm guilty of being that guy myself. Years ago, I lived in a condo, and I shared a yard with a few neighbors. Since I figured no one would mind, dumb mistake, I let my dog use the yard as a giant grassy toilet. One day, I came home to a grocery bag full of dog poop on my front porch. My dog's poop. I wasn't even mad. I felt more embarrassed than anything else. But that's just the start of what some people's pets do to annoy us. We have the owner who does not pick up poop while on a walk. The dog who barks constantly and the dog who harasses me or my cat or my wife or my son or the mailman. People sometimes forget that they're among the few who really appreciate their pet. It's kind of like how people are convinced their rotten kids are gifted, special, and misunderstood. I know Buddy the Drooling Bulldog's owners love him, but the rest of us might opt out of getting covered in hair and dog snot if we had a choice. I think where I was coming from on that one was, hey, listen, you know, love your pet. Remember, not everybody's going to be ha- as happy with your pet. This is why we're never as sad when somebody else's dog dies. Hey, let's let's bust that, out, that fact out right now. Somebody's dog dies, and we're like, oh, well, that sucks. Yeah, but okay, it's just a dog. However, when your own dog dies, it's devastating, and it's hard. I've lost several dogs over the years, some that had to be put to sleep, and some that just got up and died and or laid down and died might be a better uh, statement and it's devastating but I think that's just something to keep in mind we love our pets and nobody can understand how much we love our pets but also control your pets everybody knows that hey pick up after your pet I see it all the time in Chanhassen and we're a nice town where people let their dogs take a big dump on the sidewalk and they just keep on walking or do you get the thing where they put it in a bag and then leave the bag on the sidewalk what is that all about okay Next one. Uh, We're moving to number 32 because I made some notes here. We're talking about things that I would take back in the book. Okay. For women only, never dye your hair red. It never looks natural. Even women who swear their new red hair looks natural, it doesn't. Red hair is impossible to recreate artificially. Plus, real redheads have the skin, eyes, and facial structure to go along with their hair. Go blonde, but never go red unless that unnatural look is what you're going for. Hey, I still feel that way. I love redheads. I've always loved redheads. They're beautiful. And my son's a redhead. My mom is a redhead. I used to be engaged to a redhead. They're beautiful. And you can't recreate it. But have I softened my stance on that? Yes, for two reasons. Number one, do what you want. You want to dye your hair red? I don't care. Number two, it feels weird for me as times change as a guy to suggest anything to a woman as to whether it makes her look attractive or not. It, it's, we don't like to admit this, but times change and our culture changes and our society changes where, you know, I always make the, the, the uh, example that, you know, you go watch an, an old game show or an old sitcom from the 60s or 70s and they make black jokes and they make gay jokes and they'll say things that are like, wait, what? And times have changed gradually sometimes, very quickly other times. When I wrote that chapter four or five or six years ago, uh, I didn't blink once at suggesting that here's a guy telling a woman what she should do to look better in my opinion. Do I still feel that way? Absolutely. Should it be in my book? No, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it might be something better kept to myself. If you're a woman and want to dye your hair red, why the hell would you care what I think? Why would you care what anybody thinks except you? Mm, but in the end, hey, in the real world, we all care what other people think, just not what I think. Okay, moving on to the last one. I'm trying to read my own writing here. It looks like it's number chapter 52. And let's see. Number 52 is, yes, I like this one a lot too. And, and when I say I like it, it's one that I look at and I think, uh, let me rephrase that. Let me read it to you first. Number 52 is, men are not afraid of independent women. We hear it all the time. Men are scared of me because I'm independent. That's why I'm still single. While there may be some men who truly don't like independent women, these men aren't much of a catch, to be completely honest. All good men really do like a genuinely independent woman. They want a partner who has her own interests, can take care of herself, and has a life of her own. But it seems like a lot of women who describe themselves as independent are really more self-centered than anything else. They're doing their own thing at the expense of being interested in their partner. That's not good. Let's back up a second. What do we all love? We all love attention, right? We all love knowing that we're important to someone, that we matter to him or her, and that we make him or his or her life better. Someone who considers herself an independent woman might, just might, instead be so focused on her career, her yoga classes, and her trip to Vegas with the girls that her boyfriend gets bored and walks away. He didn't feel needed or appreciated, so he went to look for it somewhere else. Most men do want a relationship, a partnership where they feel needed. You've heard women complain about men who concentrate too much on work, their golf game, and their poker night. Yet these men aren't called independent. They're called selfish. Double standard. Independent women are great, but there's a fine line between independent and self-absorbed. I read that chapter, and I realize that's probably my least favorite chapter in the whole book. I just don't think I got it to say what I really meant. And at this moment, I don't even know that I should try to say what I really meant, but I would say of all the chapters in the book, that's the one that I just missed. I took a swing and I missed it, and I would have to think about it for a little while to say to to see if there's anything really there. Um, but let me move on to this, and that is sometimes I think and other people have said, "Are you going to write a follow-up to the book?" And I used to have a list that got lost. When I got a new phone, I used to keep a list of possible new chapters. And I thought the last couple of days on vacation, I thought of a couple of things, okay? One is Susan's dad. He's 85 years old. And we always hear stories about, you know, someone losing their sister or someone losing someone at a young age. And they say, you know what, go home and hug your kids or somebody whose kid has cancer. And they say, go home and hug your kids. And you're going, oh my God. Yes, I will. I'll go home and hug my kids and look at them and tell them that I love them until they're uncomfortable, and uh, I think we're all good at that, Uh, but sometimes we forget to hug and appreciate our old people, and I think I'm really learning that over the last couple of years. My parents have been gone for a while. My dad died 14 years ago. My mom died uh, 12 years ago almost, and uh, the only older generation in our family is Susan's dad. That's the last parent left. And I really appreciate him because once he's gone, then guess what? We're the older generation now. And I don't care about that so much right now. I don't want to be the older generation. It's like the promotion that nobody wanted, right? But I think that I look at him and I realize, and he realizes that we don't have a lot of visits left. And 10 years ago, we go visit and he was 75 and we'd Drive away on our way to the airport, and we'd be like, Yeah, well, see him next year or in two years. But now, I'm not sure how old you are, I have no idea. But I wonder about you and your grandparents or you and your parents. When you drive away from your grandparents or your parents, do you wonder, Will this be the last time? Hey, listen, I don't want to get morose and sad. That's not my point. My point is. Hug your parents. Appreciate your grandparents because they won't be here as long as we wish they were. And I think that's something that never even occurs to you when you're 18 or 24. Um, But it does become a reality as you get older. Okay, what's the other one? Um, I would say, what is the other chapter that I would include in the book? This is one that I was telling Carson about it today. I tell Carson a lot of stuff. I hope he learns some of it. I don't know whether he will or not. Um, it was, Carson, if somebody that you hire, when you are a boss one day, and I hope you're a boss one day, I hope you're a boss one day too, if you want to be, if you don't want to be, fine. But when you're a boss one day, I'm going to give you some advice. If you hire somebody and a month later, they're still trying to get the hang of things and they're still screwing up and they're still like, they're not if, if they're not working out, get rid of them. Get Give them a probationary period, put it in their contract, put it in their agreement or their whatever it is, and if they're not working out after a month or so, get rid of them. You can spend so much time and waste so much energy trying to make somebody work out when they're never going to, when you could get somebody else who is just a little bit better, even a little bit better, maybe a lot better, that would make your life a whole lot easier. I've had this situation a couple times in my career. And I'll never give specifics because I don't want to point anybody out. But there was one person that worked for me. And I'm not going to say whether it was at KDWB or whether it was somewhere else. I've worked at lots of places. So you'll never know. And within about two weeks, I said, they're not working out. And I let them stay there for a long time. And at no point were they ever worth a shit. But I kept them there. The longer you keep them there, the harder it is to get rid of them because then they've made friends around the office and they've made friends with clients. And it's just so if you ever hire somebody who's not working out, scan their ass within a month. There was another time when we hired someone who was not working out and we did let that person go. And they were a wonderful person. They just weren't right for this job. And it was such a great decision. It really was probably for everyone involved, including the person that got let go because they weren't right for it. And it worked out the best for everybody. So I'll reiterate, if you hire somebody and you're in charge and they're not working out, don't wait. Don't spend a lot of energy trying to redirect them, correct them, show them the right way. If they don't somehow instinctively almost get it, then get rid of them. Okay, I think that's going to bring us to about the end of our podcast. Um, I will say again, check out the Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. Hey, also, um, make sure you uh, tell tell a friend about the podcast because I think the only people that know about the podcast are people who have discovered it or that you've heard me talk about it on the radio but if you know somebody who listens to kdwb and likes our show tell them about the podcast just have them go to itunes and uh, search take a shower show and there it is 40 glorious episodes and also you send me an email anytime to dave ryan at kdwb.com and uh, uh, post on facebook too hey listen i appreciate you listening to the podcast i always have a great time doing this uh, some of them, I think, are better than others, and some of them are genius, kind of like in the book that we talked about today. Some of them, some of the chapters in the book are like, ah. Anyway, the book is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Still available. Thanks to everybody who got it for Christmas, and I hope you enjoy it. I get a lot of texts from people or tweets from people who got it for Christmas. Really hope that they enjoy it, and um, listen, love to hear from you. So um, Facebook or Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on the podcast. And until then, remember, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything.